Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. What is the sanctuary of sweet truth? It is a beacon in a storm of anger, hate, and misinformation. Here the truth is you are free to be yourself and stand by your own moral compass. Live by it, and you can be in the Life's Hall of Fame. The distance, you can run the mile. You can walk straight through hell with a smile. You could be the hero, you get the gold. Breaking all the records they thought never could be broke. Yeah, do it for your people, do it for your pride. And you're never gonna know if you never even try. Do it for your country. Hey, welcome to another episode of Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. It's me, uh, Sugar Shane, and I got Billy D's with me. Hey, hello, everyone. Uh, doing all right, doing all right. Sorry about last Thursday. Not doing a show just basically because of work and everything prep. Yeah, but uh, me and Billy D's have come up with something. He's going to start prepping the show on Thursday, and we'll go with whatever stories he thinks of. And Mondays will be when I do mine. I think it'll make it an interesting difference, you know, throughout the week, different perspective on everything. So I think it'll be interesting. I'm kind of looking forward to it, to be honest with you. Cool. But, uh, uh, you got anything happens in the last week or so, or? Nah, nothing's ex- nothing, <laughs> nothing exciting. exciting going on in my life, man. <laughs> well, uh, as of today marks two years that me and Christina's been married, so today's my anniversary. Uh, two years, we've been together 13 years ago yesterday. Oh, okay. was the anniversary of that, and then the anniversary of our wedding was today, two years. I had to be with her 11 years before I wanted to make sure I was going to get married to her or not, so. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good have, thing you didn't rush into anything. Yeah, and have two kids. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me old fashioned, damn it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> then Wednesday is, uh, which I'm glad about. I don't have any regrets, you know, at all. Really, no. With you, but, uh, sure. Yeah. But uh, my speaking of my son, my oldest, his birthday's Wednesday. He'll be five. He's already let us know he wants a spaghetti dinner, so we're going to cook spaghetti for him and uh, cool, have a party cool. for him on Saturday. Trigger, trigger, That's trigger. awesome. So, looking forward to that. <clears throat> this past Saturday, the biggest thing we did was we, uh, me and her went out to eat, and then we went and met Earl and his wife, Debbie, from SKO. Uh, checked the station out, went in and checked it out. It's, 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 it's coming together. It's looking pretty good. Uh, they've got a lot of the equipment in there. He went and bought computers that day, actually. 
and uh, we got some touch screens going on up in there, so that was nice. And uh, cool, got that going together, and uh, we talked about that. We ended up going to the pub and Windsor Pub there, on uh, had some drinks, uh, and I wasn't even asking it. They ended up buying, but I appreciated that. I was actually didn't want them to do that, and then. All of a sudden, they play Keno and hit for a big bunch of money, man. I mean, like a big bunch of money. And it didn't make me feel so bad then. But, uh, yeah, of course. But uh, I will say, don't hunt them down. They're not trying to give out any donations. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling you that so you can go out and become a charity case. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a really good time. They're class act people, man. That was, I really appreciate it. I'm going to have to repay them on that one. But, uh but it was other, all in all, we had a good time. And then uh, yesterday was Christina's brother's birthday, so we had a little get-together with him. So, uh, Getting on with the deal here. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I do want to bring this up briefly. Uh, Bannon has made a statement that there's only a 30% chance of Donald Trump lasting through to 2020. Now, of course, he's got a beef, so it doesn't really matter. But um, he said that he thinks that, and... Uh, that it'll be because of the 25th Amendment, so I started looking into it. In order for the 25th Amendment to happen, the majority of the Trump's cabinet and the vice president uh, have to declare him unfit, sign a letter, present it to Congress, of which, and then that he's unable to perform his duties for office. Once the letter is delivered to Congress, the vice president is the acting president. The president is offered a chance to give a written response, and it takes two-thirds of the votes of Senate and the House in order for it to take action, and whatever the case may be, before he's actually impeached. Now, I don't think it'll ever happen, simply because unless, I mean, I, I don't believe it'll ever happen, but the only thing I don't think it'll ever happen is if it takes the vice president, I don't think Mike Pence will ever do that. At this point right now, I have no signs that Mike Pence will ever sign any kind of agreement in order of saying he's unfit to be president. Whether he could get two-thirds of the votes, I don't know, to be honest with you, because he's daily and daily pissing off as many Republicans as he is Democrats. Yeah, I, I would have to say I agree with you, unless something really unforeseen happens, right. unless he does, he does something really off the wall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not possible. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just improbable. No. That, that it, just going on the way he's doing tweeting and all that, you know, it, you could make the argument it's unpresidential and all that kind of stuff. But to remove him from office for this kind of BS is really, really unlikely. I mean, he would have to do something, like I said, really over the top. Yeah. I mean, do I think um, it's good sense to tweet like that? No. And, and like you said, it's not um, it's not presidential. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't prove he's incapable of doing his job, or that he has some right. kind of mental incapability of whatever at all. So uh, I don't see it. Like I said, Mike Pence is the biggest roadblock there. I think I just don't see it happening. I don't see him turning on uh, President Trump unless something happened, of course. But I don't see it happening. Typhoon hit Japan. Killed three people. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. I think really? it was. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, now, ask, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right on this. A typhoon is pretty much the same as a hurricane, just it goes a different direction, counterclockwise or whatever the case may be, or clockwise, I should say. I think. I don't know about that. I, I honestly don't know. I I'm, think that's as far I'm as saying. I know. I, I always kind of presumed they were kind of synonymous, but I don't know. I think that's the only difference because I think it's – I'd have to look into it. and Maybe I'll check it between now and Thursday and let you know for sure. 
but I think it's over here hurricanes go counterclockwise and I believe they go clockwise if it's a typhoon. I believe it's the other okay. way around. I think I'm right on that. But as far as otherwise, I think they're pretty much the same. But that's why they're called typhoons there, and they're called hurricanes here. But I don't know for certain on that. But if anybody knows for sure, let me know. But Let us know, but I'm not positive on that. But I think I'm right on that. But uh, sad to hear about their loss. And uh, the three, you know, luckily only three oh, yeah. passed. But I hate to hear about those three that passed too, but. What's going on with North Korea and Japan? I don't even have this on a topic, but something happened with Japan. Did you hear about it? No, I haven't. I'm. I was actually really busy today, so I haven't been around the news a whole okay. lot. But I'll I have. have to, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look. I mean, it just popped up on my phone like just a few hours ago. Something about North Korea and Japan. I don't know what if there's something going on there. If they've made another threat or what the case may be, but something there. Uh, JFK files. Yeah. Due to be released this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that not much is gonna come out. <laughs> um, the CIA doesn't want uh, any number of of documents released, but even if even if Trump goes ahead and releases them all, which he is authorized to do as per the agreement that Congress made 25 years ago. He said he I don't, was. But yeah, I, I don't believe there's going to be anything in there of any real. I don't. Yeah, probably not. I'm with you on that. Um, I, th- I don't think there's going to be a whole lot there. I did re- uh, hear an interview with a guy named Gerald Posner. He had wrote a book about JFK's uh, assassination a number of years ago. And in the book, he wasn't a conspiracy nut. He, matter of fact, after he wrote the book, he would narrowed it down that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was the sole shooter. And he was yeah. the one. And, uh, but he said the only thing he could find that he thinks that may be found in the uh, files and the documents, he believes it's a possibility that the conspiracy theories were started by the government themselves in order to ref- uh, deflect anything on them. This quite the possibility. Now, whether that is or not, I don't know. But he don't yeah, say that anybody else was involved in it. He just thinks that that might have been, it might have been the government's intention so to speak, to start yeah. all these conspiracy theories somehow. I don't know. I think I'm, 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 I think Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone shooter. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a hell of a shot, but the only thing... That got well, he, he, was, he was an exceptional uh, sharpshooter in the Marines. Right. Yeah. The only thing that got me, he said one of the things, that he, oh, this is one of the things he said they may find out in the government paperwork, is because it, it has been known and rumored that uh, seven weeks before JFK was shot, there was something where Lee Harvey Oswald was trying to, he was in, the, in Mexico or in, he was trying to get something, he was in Mexico dealing with about Cuba or something about that. And they believe that a threat was made against uh, the president then by him, and nothing was ever done about it. Yeah, that may be true. Um, of course, that wouldn't surprise me because we knew about Osama bin Laden before it ever happened, too. Yeah, well, I, w- I would defend – in that case, I would defend the the authorities only because, especially in the South, Kennedy was had a, had a lot of people who really didn't like him. Right. And they were investigating threats all the time. 
I mean, you, you, can you imagine how many there were? There were probably, who knows, thousands maybe. And, uh, you know, you can't run every single one down to the very last nth. Uh, th- there's going to be times when something falls through the cracks. Um, I'm, I'm less empathetic to the failures of the government regarding 9-11 because there was a lot of red flags, yep. starting with the uh, the first bombing of of the World Trade Center. And then it really heightened after the bombing of the coal, the uh, U.S. ship. Uh, the static was through the roof that something big was coming. And uh, I'm a little less forgiving on that one, but because that was a big organized terrorist attack. Uh, Oswald was one of many nutcases at that time. Yeah, he was just, who, uh, he just got yeah. lucky. That's all it boiled down to. Or I don't want to say lucky, but I know just, what you mean. Yeah. He just happened to pull the shot off and be in the right place at the right time. And that's all it boiled down to. It wasn't nothing really organized about it except that he planned to do it. That was it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he did take a shot at a judge uh, several months before that. Yeah. So so this was a guy that, uh, you know, he was just unhinged. And uh, well, he hated he un- America. He was with Russia at one time. Yeah, he was very empathetic to Russia. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, I think he even tried to get citizenship through Russia, if I'm not mistaken. That may be true. I, I, I would guess so. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if they turned him down. I think they might have even turned him down. Yeah, it's been a while since I've researched this, but you may be right. I think, yeah. I even, I think they even turned him down to get citizenship in Russia. But um, I know he, I believe I'm pretty sure he tried. Uh, but, yeah, it was, a long, it was a long deal, you know. And a lot of people have, you know, you're going to have conspiracy theories as long as the world oh, stands. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, be. the, the best conspiracy theories that I have heard uh, don't question the fact that he was the lone gunman, but – whether or not somebody put him up to it or possibly looked the other way, knew he was going to do it and yeah. just let him do it. That is, uh, you know, those are the most credible conspiracy theories that I've heard. But I, as far as an organized thing in the government, boy, I'd have to say, I mean, a lot of people would have to be involved What's right down to the, to the emergency room doctors and everybody else. And, and to have all those people stay quiet for 50 years. <laughs> yeah, you can't get people to stay so quiet. You tell no, them, no, yeah, you, there's no way in no. hell. There's no way in hell. Uh, that's why I've, that's what I've always believed about Roswell with the alien abductions. If all that stuff was going on, it done been out by now. You're not gonna keep all yeah. them people quiet all them years. No. You tell somebody something, man, and something's real up to do, they're gonna go home and tell their wife, and their wife's gonna tell this person. The next thing you know, they're gonna tell everybody, and everybody's gonna be in on it, and everybody's gonna know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, no. Especially to have all those people. Um, be as interrogated as they were. I don't know how many were interrogated after the uh, after the assassination and the months that and the years that followed. But everybody anywhere near that incident was heavily, heavily interrogated, and and to have all those people hold up under very heavy interrogation is very, very unlikely. I mean, a mass conspiracy would involve hundreds of people, and to have all those people not crack that, that's just. It's, no, it's it's, it's just yeah. Yeah, it's not feasible. Well, here I did want to mention five of the biggest known conspiracy theories involving it. Whether I be, I don't believe them, but I'm just saying. Right. right. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. One of them is that three homeless men were arrested near the scene. 
you know, as soon as they got off near the train, when they was getting off, you know, supposed to have been like train hoppers or whatever. They believe these three men might have been working with the CIA or the mob or whatever the hell they think, and they were involved in it because they got arrested right at the same time. Um, it's even it's even been claimed that one of the three men was Woody Harrelson's daddy. Really? Yeah, which he is a known bank he, robber. Yeah, he, I was going to say, I know he was in trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. he was a known bank robber. He was uh, he was pretty bad, a bunch of convict criminal, man, most of his life, from what I understand. Yeah, that's but, what I've heard, yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing Woody Harrelson came out as good as he did. Uh, number two is military and arms industry were behind it because jfk was intending which this isn't no no this is true but whether the rest of it is you know it's probably not but he was planning on to end vietnam he was going to pull out of vietnam he was not going to stay in the war and uh because of this the military and arms industry was going to lose money if he pulled out of vietnam and there are some people believe they were behind it yeah now i would question that part of history but that's my own opinion. Um, I'm not sure what a professional historian would say, but Kennedy was one of the first presidents to really get us in deep over there. Um, he 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 in interviews said that he wasn't going to commit dr- uh, ground forces, and of course we, we'll never know that part of history. Uh, but he was committing more and more advisors over there, and he did minimize to the public what was happening over there. So he, he he was deceitful in 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 that regard. Um, now, of course, Johnson is is the guy that escalated it to the max. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, to, to, I know a lot of people who like Kennedy tend to to explain away his his involvement in Vietnam, but. He was um, he was kind of from the old school on that that communism should not spread uh, communism should not spread in that region. He was on board with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't. I did I, I, I wish we would have been successful there, but there was just no way. Maybe now we could have been. I don't know. But I, I don't believe I don't believe so. And, and I'll tell you why. One of one of the things that if I could go back in history and that and ask Kennedy and ask Johnson is how can you liberate a, a in this case South Vietnam when you have a corrupt government there? It, you yeah. just can't. And and, and, we're, and we're we have shades of that in in Afghanistan now. You know, you, we're trying to help people who are <laughs> bad yeah. people. And and uh, unless you wipe everybody out and put another government in there, which is near impossible because the the public, the people there won't follow it, uh, it's just not going to work. Mm. Yeah, uh, there, there. Another another reason is just well, it's just because the reason why we lost our wars, the jungles themselves. But we were they'd pop up everywhere, going and a coming when you were trying to walk through there, and you know we'd losing soldiers left and right. But, uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this uh, in terms of the military, the, the the military probably here again, I'm not sure what a professional historian would say, but had that war in hand a couple of times. But the problem is, is that it was fought politically and you can't fight a war that way. You know, you have to be allowed to destroy the enemy. And the politicians at that time did not have the stomach to allow going into Cambodia, to allow going into all those surrounding areas and thoroughly destroying the enemy Um, because it was, you know, they were afraid it was going to be looked upon as too much United States aggression, that we were trying to take over the whole region. Well, if you're going to start doing that, then don't do shit. Right. 
you know, if, if, if you don't allow the military to, to kill the enemy, then don't do anything because all you're going to do is get people killed. And, and actually, we, we not only got a lot of American soldiers killed, but all the dinking around all those years got a lot of Vietnamese killed. A lot of them. That wouldn't have been killed if we were allowed to fight that war properly. Do you think we had any business over there to begin with? Well, you know, here's the thing with, with this type of analysis. To go back in time, you, you really have to understand that communism was the boogeyman of the time. Yeah. Russia was very scary. China was very scary. And, of course, Russia was going to be the the, the supposed cause of a, of a nuclear war. And the way that a lot of people were perceiving that region was that that entire region was going to go communist. And if that was the case, that would be a section of the world, a section of the economy that would be under communist control. Right. So a lot of politicians were really worried uh, about not living up to our obligations in, in protecting South Vietnam because they were worried that they would go down in history as the politicians who let that country fall and then that whole region become under communist control. Now, here again, it's hard to appreciate that, you know, in 2017 because the communist threat has, has subsided so greatly. Uh, obviously, the USSR has fallen and and other things. So and, and China now is starting to economically become more capitalist and so on. So it, it seems like, well, that's kind of silly. But that was a very real threat back then. My only criticism of of the of the presidents and the government at that time is one. If you're going to do this, do it right. Don't try to fight it politically. Don't worry about hurting people's feelings politically. If you feel that that area is worth fighting for, then go in there and fight for it. You know, you can't worry about what well, we're going to hurt China's feelings. We're going to hurt Russia's feelings. We don't want them mad at us, but we got to defend it. Anytime you put soldiers in a situation where you expect them to police something, they're going to get killed. Yeah, you can't send forces into a, a region like that. And uh, the word, the, the, the phrase that always scares me is when I hear maintain stability, that, that's, that's code for bullshit. That's code for getting people killed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we dropped more bombs on Vietnam than all of World War II had bombs dropped. But the problem is, is we kept giving up territories. I don't know how many guys that I knew that I've talked to that have told these horror stories of their friends that got killed taking over these different sectors. And then the, you know, the, the people that are in charge in Washington say you got to pull back and they'd pull back and that area would get taken again by, by the North uh, Vietnamese. And then they would have to go take it again. Right. It's no wonder those guys had so many psychological problems. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can't fight a war like that. You you gotta allow your, your your military to destroy the enemy and then and and get out. Do it quick. Get in there, destroy the enemy, and get. Out. And then the other thing was besides fighting politically. And here again, this is my opinion. I, I'm a professional historian. Might correct me on this. But the other thing was besides the fact that we fought it politically, is that we were defending a region. We were defending a regime that was horribly corrupt. The, the South Vietnamese were the, – the government down there was, was every times as bad, if not worse, than the North. 
Okay, and you cannot have that. You sim- you know, they're we're there trying to defend them, and and they're 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 stabbing us in the back. They're rerouting funds. They're they're, they're not giving it to the, to the soldiers. I could go on and on with this. You simply cannot defend uh, an area of the world that does that, that isn't willing to fight for itself. And uh, it, it's just a mess. And then the way we got out was terrible. The, the, oh, the way. Yeah gone fall was just absolutely deplorable and that is why so many people now don't trust the united states when we go into a region because everybody who supported the united states that was left in saigon had a very bad fate okay they a lot of them were executed a lot of them were tortured and that's what happens when when you trust the united states and the united states just says hey see you later okay that should have been done completely different. And I, I agree. I wanted to get out, too. I mean, if I could go back in time, I'd say, yeah, we got to get out of here, but you got to do it right. There should have been a phase out and 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 and, and do it without – I'm not sure you could have gotten out of there without getting people killed. But the way we did it, the way we we, we just left and let those people fend for themselves and, and climb over walls and it, – it, it was just the whole thing was an absolute nightmare. It really was. And I have a friend who uh, uh, is very critical of me talking about this. He he was in Vietnam, and he's you know he often tells me you don't know what you're talking about because you weren't there. And he very much defends the United States position there, and and I respect that. I, I have to take that criticism. I mean, he was there, and uh, I have to take that criticism. The only thing that I would add is sometimes when you are there, that skews your perspective just as much as someone who who wasn't there. Because you're knee deep in it, and um, I, I just hope that all the people who lost their lives over there, you know, the thousands upon thousands of Americans, the millions of Vietnamese, I, I just hope it was for something. Right, and you know, I, it's for something. Yeah, I'm not one of these people that blames the soldiers. They were doing what they were told to do, and. When you're drafted or you're under the military service, you have to do what you're what you're asked of and expected in order to do. Now, I, so I don't I don't have any problem with them going to Vietnam and doing what they were told to do. But I do oh, have no. a problem. But I do have a problem with our leaders that put them in that position. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And the way we treated the military at that time, the way the American public treated the the, the military during that time was a disgrace. It was an absolute oh, disgrace. Yeah, yeah. Jane Fonda running around acting like a damn fool, and calling uh, Americans uh, that fought their traitors and all. Oh, it was just yeah, that was awful. Oh, uh, the whole thing was bad. And 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 I have friends. I have actually uh, relatives uh, who were in Vietnam, and they told me stories about the fact that when they came to the airport, they had their uniform on, and they were very proud to be you know wearing their uniform, and they were shocked to be spit on. And, and and told all kinds of things. I mean, it, it, the way we treated the American soldier during that time was an absolute disgrace. Now, you can disagree with the politics of a war, oh, yeah. but the people who are called upon to take up arms on behalf of the country, man, you got, you got to give them some respect. Yeah, you don't just so spit on people like that. That's an that's a, a one piece of shit. I mean, that's the best way I know to put it. Somebody to do something like that. And anybody that thinks that's right really needs to get their mental evaluation done because something's yeah. wrong with them. I mean, they, like I said, I mean, I think, me personally, I think it was a wasted war. Whether we had any business to be there in the first place, I don't know. 
I don't know enough about it to give you a legitimate answer on that, but I can say that it was a badly done war, It was, and it was wasted all in the long run. And like you said, we did pull out wrong. And that was poorly done. But, so I wish we wouldn't have never went in the first place, but I'm not going to. Oh, yeah, I should have never, yeah, But absolutely. I'm not going to say that these soldiers were wrong. They did what they were told to do. And you're right about policing a place. When you go into a country, you don't police a damn place. Because the no. reason being, all you're doing is endangering these soldiers. Being out in the middle around. Oh, uh, we got a guy named Ron uh, listening. I was just reading what he was saying. Sorry for the pause. No, that's okay. But you got police. The state is policing these countries. And the soldiers are put in danger by doing this. And like, what the hell is the damn point? Because all they do is get up there the next day and go, oh, we lost three soldiers in this street and on this street trying to do this and trying to do that. And and don't get me wrong when I say this. They were under, they were in the service doing their duty. So, yes, it was that they, you know, you know soldiers that died. But yeah. it was needless. Yeah. They could have, if you're going to die, die fighting. Don't die out there standing in the damn street holding a gun up just trying to watch everybody. Yeah. That's stupid shit. Well, by the way, the the my my friend who was a Vietnam veteran, he 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 told me this, and uh, you know when when we were in a little group and some of the people, myself included, kind of said it just seemed like it was the enormous loss of life over there was such a waste, and and anytime you know people get killed, to me, and by my estimation, it's almost always a waste. You know, life is short enough; we don't have to go find reasons to kill people. But that philosophic point aside, he made the point, my, my buddy who was a veteran, he made a point. It was, how do you know it didn't do any good? You know, the, the idea that Look we did. The final st- result. Well, his, his, his point was, is we did stave off the uh, spread of communism in that area long enough for the economic and political communist systems to start to fall apart in the 1970s. And how do you know that our presence there didn't stave some of that off? And, you know, I, I, I guess you could I, – I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that there is a definitive answer to that. Um, but like I said, he's very sensitive about the Vietnam War being criticized, and uh, I felt bad because I, he, I, I could feel his agitation. I, I, I couldn't make him understand that in the, in the group discussion that I was in, this wasn't about criticizing the soldiers or, or saying that all the politicians during that time were all corrupt and they were all bad. Uh, all I'm saying is is that in light of the fact that it went on for so many years, in light of the fact that there was an enormous loss of life, and in, and in light of the fact that there were so many deceptions, and in light of the fact that it was fought politically, and I could go on here, they, they, I would hope that some of those lessons were learned. And I always kind of presumed that we did learn our lessons, but, I, but I'm not so sure because we made a lot of those same mistakes in the Middle oh, East. Oh, yeah. Oh, a, yeah. A lot of the same mistakes. I thought Iraq was going to turn into it there for a while. Well, it did. it did. Well, yeah, it did. But, I mean, yeah, it ain't never better, really. I mean, to me, when you win a war, when you win a war, and you leave the place you went to, the place has changed. It's different. Well, and in Afghanistan, we got very much the the same situation in that if we stay there forever, we really can't make it any better than what it is right now. But if we leave, the bad guys take over. We're in exactly the same position that we were in South Vietnam in that regard. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, me personally, 
and I might be wrong, and I'm not saying anything to disrespect your friend in any shape, form, or fashion. He's right. I wasn't there. But just from what I know, what little I do know, to me, it's the only war the United States has ever lost, besides the Viet, I mean, in my opinion, besides, if you want to call the Civil War a loss on a, on a certain part of it, with everybody yeah. dying the way they died. I mean, yeah, we got the end result being good, I guess, but so many lives were lost during that war, it's unbelievable. But if you want to go on the final outcome alone, Vietnam is probably the only war I know of that we just totally, literally lost, in my opinion. But I could, but you know, like I said, I don't know all the ins and outs. Yeah, and I'm not even sure how you define victory in in that region. And that's the problem right there. Um, And and, and we're having that situation in the Middle East now in a number of different regions. Uh, When people talk about winning and losing, the the question I have is how do you define victory? Yeah. That's a very ambiguous term when you're talking about areas just like Vietnam, just like Afghanistan, where you have – Two sides, okay, you know, forget the United States for a moment. You have two sides in there fighting each other, and each of those sides have different sub-factions. And you have so many people involved in, in killing each other. What can you do? Who, who are you liberating from whom? Right. It's a mess. Yeah. I don't uh I hope we never get into anything like that again, but as the old saying goes, history sometimes doomed to repeat itself. And uh, it's like we don't, you know, and it's true if you think about it. A lot of times we don't learn shit from what we've done, you know, from the mistakes we make. No. I mean, you study history starting way back in the 1700s and up to now, there's some of the same shit we've done more than one time. And you think we would learn from it, but we just keep on doing it. So, but, um, Jimmy Carter. Yeah. He made it a night that I put a lot of stock in him, even though he is from Georgia. Uh, sad to say. Great foreign, <laughs> foreign relations guy, one of the best. I like him. But well, as, go ahead. But as a president, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know that I would. Did you like him as a president or think he was good? He, he did a lot of things wrong, but you know what? Yeah. I, 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 he was a guy who really tried to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, I don't really have nothing against the guy. Like I said, I think he's good as far as foreign relations. I think he's one of the best as far as, you know, dealing with other countries and things like that. As a matter of fact, that's what he's done for years, even after being a president. But um, from what I understand, he failed on a lot of things. Um, he was for the criminalization of marijuana when he was running uh, for office, but it never went through after he became it went into office. He was actually for not legalizing it, but decriminalizing it to where, yeah. you know. Uh, anyway, he said he made a statement, and I kind of agree with him on this one in a lot of ways. He said that the media is harder on Donald Trump than any other president he's ever seen. In his time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying he don't bring a lot of that on himself. Absolutely. Because he does. Absolutely, he does. Yeah, big time. If he would just, I wish he would just spend one month. If he wants to be on Twitter, fine. But tweet only the good stuff. Tweet only the positive stuff. Tweet what we're doing for the country, what policy we're trying to pass, whatever the case may be. Don't get on there and rant to nobody. Just keep your damn mouth shut on that stuff. Don't say nothing. Don't get up and get on a podium and say some jackass stuff. Just keep yourself cool. 
I think he would. I think he would shut a lot of that up. Yeah. Because if you didn't have nothing, I mean, he's putting fuel on the fire all the time. It's like I was listening to uh, a female comedian the other day, and she—I can't remember who she was—but she made a statement, and then in, you know, late night, you know, shows and stuff like, you know, right. all these are making, you know, poking fun at him and talking about him. He said, but the reason why they're doing it is just he's giving them so much material every day and every week that it's like a damn gold nugget to them to be able to use it. I would agree absolutely he has brought a ton of it onto himself. However, I have noticed any number of people that I used to follow and listen to periodically, even when they were being critical of a president, they were doing it objectively. I have noticed now a vindictiveness there is a uh, there is an an emotional spite in their voice and in their commentary in regard to Donald Trump. Oh yeah, oh no doubt, no doubt. And and I'm not and here again. This isn't well. I, I I'm upset because they're doing that to my guy. That's not the point. The point is is you 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 lose your objectivity. Everybody now is on the bandwagon of talking about how terrible this guy is. And some of it's warranted, some of it may not be, but the point is is that you have to be able to speak about these these things objectively. And when you when you have an emotional stake in hating someone, then in, in my view that taints whatever it is that you have to say. I, I I you know, I take that into consideration when I hear you say that because I know that you have an emotional bias against him. I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, if anybody tells me anything, whether it be work, home, or wherever the hell I'm at, if I know they don't like the guy to begin with, I usually, you know, I might listen to what they say, then I go to the news and find out for myself. Because, because uh, <clears throat> like the tax thing, I've had a lot of people talk about the new tax form he's doing. They're saying it's going to help the rich. I don't know. I haven't studied it enough. I don't yeah. know exactly what this new tax policy is going to do. I couldn't tell you. Maybe they're right. I don't know. Um, they're they probably are. Yeah, they probably are. Um, and I hate to say it because most new tax policies do. I've said it in the last show or the show before. I can't remember which one, but I've seen every president get in office or, or campaign, and one of the things they always campaign on out of nine times out of ten is how they're going to cut taxes on the middle class. And every time they get in office, guess what? Don't happen because it's never going to happen. It will never, ever happen. Not as long as we got a $17 trillion damn dollar deficit. It's never going to happen. I mean, if they want to save money, cut budget, cut the money where it's useless spending. Yeah. I mean, when you're, t- we have a government that actually paid, I forget how many hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, I know that's a drop in the bucket compared to what our deficit is. But they paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think it was like six hundred or something thousand dollars. And I'd have to, it's been a while since I reported this, so I don't know all the ends. It's been well over a year. But they paid this money to a group so they could study what the fucking benefits were to riding a bicycle to back and forth to work. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, Absolutely. I could have done that for a buck fifty. Here you go, yeah. buddy. Exercise is a benefit. You save gas, asshole, and you ain't got to buy a car. There's your there benefit. You go. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> 
Sounds about right, man. I mean, that's wasted money. Yeah. We spend so much money every year, millions of dollars on research that don't amount to shit. Stuff that nobody gives a damn about. Like that. And you don't hear about those because they don't tell you. But what the hell did that achieve? Nothing but six hundred something thousand dollars in somebody's pocket to ride a damn yep. bicycle back and forth to work. They might have had a Fitbit on so they could figure out the exercise. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's this dumb shit. So no, they're never going to cut taxes. Not as long as they're not not as long as they're spending the way they're spending. If they cut back on the spending, quit paying those assholes in Congress every five minutes for a new damn raise, quit paying for all their health benefits while the rest of us assholes can't even get insurance, then they might be able to cut some taxes and we could have some, you know, free up some of the spending. But until then, hell no, ain't going to happen. That would be the first thing I'd do if I went into office. If I went into office today, I'd look at the damn budget all the way across the board, and I'd look at stupid-ass spending, and I'd cut it right off the rip. Wouldn't think twice. If I was looking at that report and I said, what's this bicycling thing? I'd be like, cut that shit. We don't need to spend $600,000 on a bicycle test. (laughs) That'd have been the first thing I'd have said. Well, you know, here again, in my opinion, a lot of times when people talk about the the history of, of taxes and, and economic philosophy, you often hear the uh, the Reagan-Bush years because between Reagan and Bush, that was a 12-year period that Reagan uh, – that Republicans had the White House. But in actuality, it's more the Bush-Clinton years because Bush's philosophy was very much in line with Clinton. Now, you may or may not remember, you've certainly heard the story where, where President Bush said, read my lips, no new taxes. And in, 19, speech. And in 1990, he, he raised taxes. Now, here, here's the thing. He did the right thing. Okay. That set the stage for a surplus through the 1990s that Bill Clinton, to his credit, continued on. And in, in the year 2000, we actually had a surplus. You may or may not remember, but the 1990s economically were a pretty good time. Oh, yeah. Okay, this idea that higher taxes destroys the economy is not true. There's there's a lot of aspects to this, and that's something I might talk about on Thursday's show. There's a lot of nuance to this. But um, they, they did the right thing in terms of balancing the budget, in terms of what income they needed, and keeping spending under control. Between the tax policies of, of Bush and Clinton and the the Congress during the 1990s, which kept – with Newt Gingrich there, uh, kept the spending under control. It actually worked. The government actually worked. You had the two parties actually working out a system that actually worked. And now that's gone. It is out the window. It is out the window. Well, before we get off here, I do want to make quick mention real quick that the Browns did do a little bit better this week. They forced it to overtime. <laughs> before they lost. Before they lost. So, you know, 
I don't know if the 49ers won or not. I didn't even look or if they had. I don't know. I don't know if they did. I don't, I don't, know. Th- I don't even know if they had a game. The Falcons and that's a, sh- that's a shame about Joe Thomas, man. That's a drag. Yeah, yeah. And the Falcons lost, which they're now 3-3 three and three if they don't get their act together. Uh, Michigan lost, which I hated. I was hoping they uh, beat Penn State for Georgia's benefit. But uh, they lost. Uh, they dropped out of the top 25 with that loss. They went way out of the, way off the radar when they lost to Penn State Saturday night. But uh, interesting, uh, the teams that's really surprising me right now in the NFL is probably Pittsburgh's one of the biggest surprises. I didn't expect them to have this good a season right now, so they're on a roll still. Yeah, and, they always seem to have at least a good team. Yeah, and Kansas City's a shock, so they're doing pretty well. But uh, other than that, well, uh, that's all I got. You got anything? No, I'm good, man. Uh, I do want to make mention that we will have the show Thursday night at 11, not 10, because due to my work schedule, I don't get off work till 10, and I get home and everything gets started at 11. And it will be Billy D's pretty much his show. It will be his show running it. So whatever he wants to talk about, we'll talk about. And I uh, look forward to that. Other than that, I really don't have anything. Uh, appreciate you listening. Appreciate Ron listening. Uh, awesome. He, he's a, I think he's a spreaker podcaster but i'm not positive on that oh okay cool so uh, i think he picked us up on spreaker but uh appreciate him listening and uh hope he continues to other than that we'll be back thursday night at 11 y'all have a good few days and holler at y'all then the starlight lounge presents an evening with the progressive box yeah that's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. hi This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.